Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to be with you once again. It is Tuesday, February 23rd, an exciting day across the NBA. We have the All-Star Reserves, obviously, being announced tonight. Um, If you are a Grizzlies fan, if you're a Grizzlies player or anybody to do with the Grizzlies, it's it's an exciting day because it's the start of a two-day break for what has been a very hectic part of the schedule and it seems like we need it obviously after last night's game we'll get into that in just a second but I am very excited for the first time at least since I've been host to have a very good friend of the show he hosts many podcasts he's one of the many great talents over at 92.9 hosts of the Sound and Color podcast as well as Hoops Island you know him as Connor Dunning one of the best young minds out there when it comes to Memphis sports and Memphis content in general Connor, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Man, thank you so much for having me on. That was a that was a fantastic intro. I'm going to have you follow me around for the rest of my life and just <laughs> intro me before I walk into a room. I appreciate it, man. You know, Sean, you know how much I enjoy your work. It's uh, like for we're guys kidding. like me who who don't dive into the numbers as much, like being able to reference your tweets and shout out you on air and, and give you credit's been great because, I mean, you do tremendous work, man. Like you find these little numbers and these little trends going on that does that help us inform our takes all the time. So I appreciate the hard work that you do. It's all about where you find ways to have fun, and, and that's where I have fun. Me and Connor, of course, so you know our sports teams. We have different takes. The last time we were on a podcast together, Connor did not talk to me for about a month after comparing Dylan Brooks to Troy Daniels, but we won't get into that too much. <laughs> you are never going to live that down with me. Hey, 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 hey. hey we- <laughs> we, we came to a conclusion because another thing that connects me and Connor that I don't get to talk to him about as much as I'd like to, we do have some similar tastes when it comes to some movies, some some cinematic universes and things like that. So Connor and Parker Fleming and others over at GBB were kind enough to allow for me on Dylan Brooks Island after it was discovered he was a big Tolkien stand the other day in a media oh, yeah. session. So we, we found common ground. Yeah, it's, the only thing I need to know is whether or not he watched the extended versions or the theatrical versions. You know, I, I think I go against the grain here, and I, and I know that people are loving that NBA podcast is starting with Lord of the Rings talk, but I like the theatrical versions more, man. I'm just going to be honest. It's a little more streamlined. It cuts the fat. Yeah. Give me to the action. Agreed. And I've seen both. and they're fine. I didn't get to ask him that question. The question I asked him is who his favorite character was. And he said Aragon. And he also said that he Hell liked yeah. Samwise, who's my favorite character. They're my two favorite characters. So, but, but yeah, but we can, we'll, we'll, we'll schedule a, another podcast for another time to discuss, you know, some movies and things like that. But let's get to the Grizzlies. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SEC. You can find the Hoops Island podcast. The Sound and Color podcast is the name of the one that you do with um, uh, Mr. Downey, correct? Isaiah Downey? Yeah, yeah, Isaiah Downey. We do Sound and Color. You know, that's where, um, you know, I have a film background. You know, I graduated with a film degree from the University of Memphis. I did videography stuff for a couple of years. I still do indie Memphis stuff all the time. Um, But, you know, it's my my love of sports. So I do radio, too, for 929. You can find me on Twitter at CW929. We have a Sound and Color pod Twitter handle, but we don't have a Hoops Island one right now. We're still uh, getting that together. Understood. So, you know, and, and we'll reference this again towards the end of the show, uh, but we're, through all the podcasts that um, you, the GBB podcast network as well, where you will find me and Connor from time to time, all of that is anywhere you find your podcast. But there's a reason why I wanted to bring Connor on here is because I will give Connor credit besides the great content that he puts together. There is no person alive today who can put together a three segment tweet. 
like one Connor Dunning did and do it on the inspirational level of reaching all of us when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies. So wanted to get his passion on the show today. But um, Connor, so overall, the Grizzlies season has kind of been split in two. Before the pause in the season, a lot of success. Some identities created, passing the basketball, creating turnovers. Since the pause, we had the two great games against the Spurs. But ever since then, I believe now we are five games, four or five games under 500. I I don't know. I have the numbers in front of me. But now 13 and 14. And though we are in the mix of that playoff race, it's great that we are right around 500 this way into the season. It doesn't feel as positive of a, a record as it did like two or three weeks ago. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, they're definitely going through some of that, you know, young team struggles right now. It's uh, We've seen before the COVID pause, you know, their bread and butter was was team offense and team defense. They were basically playing as a team constantly. They were one of the leading teams in the NBA in assists, deflections, which I think that they still are in steel. So it's been it's been tough because, the last few weeks, it's really hard to, like, judge some of these games because some of the games they've only been rolling with, like, four usual rotation guys. or four, Like, you know what I mean? Or they've been missing four rotation guys. I'm sorry. And, like, when Sean McDermott and John Concha are getting, like, 15 minutes a game, it's really hard to judge that. So I think that what we've been able to see, though, is that there's absolutely some trends happening with certain players on the court versus off the court. I think that's maybe how we focus on them because so it's it's kind of it's like I said the last few weeks is tough because you can't really look at a game and say okay we can take everything from this specific game and apply it to our future takes or our future thoughts about the Grizzlies. I think what we have to do is kind of take bits and pieces pieces from a few of the games and kind of try to do a bigger picture that way because it's just there's it's so chaotic with the lineup every single night right now that there's no consistency. And for a young basketball team to not have any consistency, we have to give them the benefit of the doubt there a little bit. Yeah, no. And and I think that you take bits and pieces. I think that you're exactly correct. You know, some bits and pieces that I think are there. You know, the starting lineup of John, Grayson, Dylan, Kyle, and Jonas, that is a successful starting lineup. And kudos to Coach Taylor Jenkins. There's a reason under, you know, some scrutiny for those of us who cover, you know, the Grizzlies of why is he doing this? Why is this making sense? Well, that has been a lineup that has routinely given the Grizzlies big leads to work with and many of their wins. That's a positive trend. Jaws struggles when it comes to his defense and his shooting. That's a negative trend. You know, the overall improvement in shooting up and down the roster is a positive trend. The Grizzlies' inability to defend the three, a negative trend. So I agree with you. Taking away bits and pieces, there are positives and there are negatives. But at the very least, I mean, at the end of the day, let's just be honest. With the players that we've had available, especially with some of the talents that have been in and out of the rotation, I'm just going to be straightforward. This is a lottery-type roster right now without Justice being, you know, fully acclimated and Jaron still obviously being injured. But I still think it's been a great job by Taylor Jenkins. We'll get to that in a minute. But the development overall of several of these players beyond just Jaw and Jonas, I think it's been incredible to see some of these players take the steps up through stretches that they have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, uh, we can we could do an entire podcast about the revelation of Kyle Anderson this year and how he has really kind of stepped into that role that I think was – was left vacant by guys like Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill last year. He may not be as vocal as those guys were on the court, but he, I mean, he's, correct me if I'm wrong, is he the most tenured Grizzly or is that Dylan Brooks? It's one of the two of them. Um, It it really does seem like that he is, that he has taken responsibility to be more of a playmaker. He's absolutely worked on that three point shot. I mean, you've got guys like Grayson Allen, like you, 
we talked about stepping up and he's really making the most of his opportunity. It's fun to see a guy like Grayson Allen kind of take advantage of a, of a situation like this, because I mean, he's the type of guy that his reputation is just not what the, it's just not what the reality is of him. It's, he hasn't really done anything stupid on court, like antics wise. And I think over a year, I mean, he had that one incident in, what was it? it? It may have been in the bubble, but I think it was in summer league where he like hit Grant Williams yeah. in the head and it was like kind of a ticky tack foul, but like he's yeah. not running around tripping guys. Grayson Allen, he's on the court, plays his ass off. He's not the best defender in the world, but he hustles. He, he dies, dies for the ball. He's usually in the right place at the right time. Um, Playmaking wise, you know, he tries to make a little bit too much happen sometimes and he'll throw the ball away, but you know, at least he's trying, he's moving on the court. He cuts to the basket and Hey, his three point shot is becoming a legitimate three point shot. I mean, I, there was, at one point where he had this huge stretch of games where he was hitting at least two threes a game, he still actually may be on that stretch right now. So it's been nice to see guys like that kind of who we were, we had some question marks about going into the season, Kyle Anderson, DeAnthony Melton, Grayson Allen, uh, even guys like Brandon Clark, where we were like, okay, let's see, could they, could they make a jump? Are they going to make that jump that could take this team to playoff contention when, if they are fully healthy? Because like you said, the injuries, I think is a huge reason why they are where they are. I mean, they were five and eight, so far in February it's not a great month for them they're getting blown out on the defensive end but again I think that that's a lot of personnel stuff not having Jonas for a few of those games when you're playing guys like DeAndre Ayton you're going to get absolutely eaten alive down low so it's it's been fun to see them you know improve as a team overall and I talked to to Nate about this when I was on the core four podcast um, over on GBB like two or three weeks ago we talked about how you know one thing that we can focus on even in the struggles is that how each guy like you were saying has incrementally gotten better in something like the Anthony Melton's three point shooting, for example, like he's shooting 41% from three right now. And if the Anthony Melton can consistently shoot 38 to 40% from three, it opens up his ceiling so much. And but the thing is, is that, you know, you know, there's been a lot of positive, but you know, I, I do feel so last night, you know, I mentioned it I'm on Twitter. The energy wasn't there. Like the same energy, intent, you know, just effective right. activity that has really created a different difference from the Grizzlies, it was not there. And I will certainly recognize that six games and eight nights is a reason why. But one of the things that it just it, it's starting to it does concern me for their for their um you know chances of making the playoffs this year. To me, uh, I'm almost said Parker. Me for those that huh. may not know. Parker Fleming, Brandon Abraham, Nate Chester, a lot of the guys over at GBB, Mark King, the former co-host, all of us at one point in time have worked together, known each other, whatever it may be. That's how me and Connor have become friends. So if I call Connor a different name besides his own, please forgive me. But um, all joking aside, Connor, I will say, I think that one thing that is emerging as a concern is our three-point defense. Because if we are not defending the three well, there is just so many other things we have to do at a good rate in order to make it up that it's hard to expect for us to do it every night. And we've already shown stretchers where we can do it. The problem is, is that when we did defend the three well, to be honest, it was without job. And you have to have him on the court. I'm not saying he's a, uh, you know, he's the sole reason why we're not defending the three wheel. But at the end of the day, we've got to figure that out and figure it out quickly if we are going to still be in the playoff race that we all know the Grizzlies want to be in. Absolutely. I mean, you, you nailed you nailed it on the head. I was texting, you know, uh, you know, I, I produced Giannato and Jeffrey on 910 ESPN, and I was texting with Mark and Jeffrey last night, and we were talking about how, you know, if they're going to consistently give up these three point shots like this, that's going to be like they're dying by paper cuts with those three point shots every single time they play because they'll go on these little runs where they'll get back in the game. And then all of a sudden they'll give up two wide open threes and it's like a dagger all of a sudden. And 
I think that's why, you know, when we saw Gorgie Jang getting a lot of playing minutes, I think it was because Jonas was having a really difficult time defending the three-point line against some of the stretch bigs. And what we have seen in February is actually kind of the flip side of that, where we, when D, when we, we have Dylan Brooks injured, we have DeAnthony Melton injured, and we have Justice Winslow coming back from an injury. We don't really have a perimeter guy that can truly hide a guy like John Morant. I love John Morant. He's a future all-star. We'll talk about that in a minute. I think he has all the ability to lead this team to the promised land. He cannot defend very well right now. He's getting eaten alive on the defensive end, and bigger guards are killing him, and they're getting these pick-and-rolls and these wide-open threes all the time because they're attacking Ja. And it's, it's when you're watching the games, it's obvious to see. They're trying to get Ja caught in switches. They're trying to get him one-on-one. They're taking him to the basket. It's, it, that, it is an issue right now, and, but I do think that having a guy like Dylan Brooks healthy, getting Justice Winslow back to 100% healthy, and getting DeAnthony Melton to kind of back into the mix and into the groove of things after he missed uh, about a week or two, I do think that will help uh, the perimeter defense for sure. And it doesn't help that we have to put Kyle Anderson down to four right now. You know, when we have Kyle Anderson throwing around the perimeter, he can put a Band-Aid on a few things too. Yeah, no, and I think you bring up a great point is that you're right. You know, we have not had – our trio of really good, well, basically our quartet of really uh, of perimeter depth defenders in Justice Kyle, Dylan, and um, DeAnthony at the same time. Though I will give credit to Grayson Allen, he certainly has improved his defense, especially contesting threes. And Tyus yeah. has also done pretty decent at trying to create steals. But I do agree part of the reason why the Grizzlies have gone the depth route that they had was to throw different looks. And we talk here, Taylor Jenkins talk about all that, uh, about that all the time. Well, at some point it's hard to throw the different looks at there if your depth's not available. So hopefully with all those guys back now, we can start to defend the three a bit. But one big thing that we've discussed is that this, while there certainly are positives and negatives, especially in this month of February, it's, Hard to remember that this is the second youngest team in the NBA, but they definitely have one of the best future cores. Coming up, I'm going to talk with Connor more about the best young cores in the NBA and kind of where the Grizzlies stack up. As most of us know, it's been a crazy winter, obviously with everything going on in the world, but also when it comes to the weather, I'm sure, especially if you live in the U.S. or wherever you may be, there's been multiple weather situations that you've been faced with over the past several months. It includes here in Memphis where we've had everything from warm rain, warm temperatures, and now obviously, you know, ice and snowstorms for over 10 days straight. Thing is, though, is that, you know, regardless of what weather conditions you've got going on, it could provide, it could put some wear and tear on your car. And unfortunately, that means that you may need repairs. Well, I can't tell you, you know, how to repair your car. I can't tell you where to go to get the auto parts that you need. And that's rockauto.com. It's very easy to use. Within a few clicks of the button, you're going to have what you need. And typically, you're going to be able to find it because of the, regardless of the make and model or the, of your car or the part that you need. Also, no matter what your experience is with cars, rockauto.com is going to be very economically feasible. They are a, family-owned company that's been in business for over 20 years. They know that car repairs typically fall outside the budget, so they try to be economically friendly to help you be able to afford the car parts that you need. If you go there now, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our Locked On podcast, Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. 
Welcome back to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. We're here with Connor Dunning from 92.9, um, host of the Hoops Island podcast. If you have not given it a listen, it's a great one. I think there's a, a show out there right now uh, with uh, a Grizzlies radio announcer um, here at Castletine. Obviously, the Sound and Color podcast with Isaiah Downey as well. Um, and so I wanted to get Connor on the show, number one, to talk to the Grizzlies, but he has such a good perspective on different things when it comes to looking at the Grizzlies from different viewpoints. And I think a really fun one, Connor, is looking at the young cores that are there as far as around the NBA. And so we recently did one through the Locked On um, Podcast Network where we voted on the young cores that are out there. Now, you're always going to get different lists when you start to rank them, and that's not necessarily what we're going to do, but just some teams that were thrown out there. Uh, the Suns, the Grizzlies, obviously, the Pelicans, the Hawks, the Thunder, the Kings, the Heat, the Nuggets, the Cavs, and the Hornets. So I throw out the question to you, Connor, not necessarily to rank, but when you – obviously, we know the Grizzlies core will. But when you look at this Grizzlies core, two or three other teams that you immediately think of, yeah, our core is great, but it's just hard to measure up to these other cores around the NBA. Ooh, okay. So that's a that's a tough question because I guess like the main thing that we got to figure out is like who who are we really considering the core of the Memphis Grizzlies? Is it is it the, is it like the two the two year guys? The I know Tillman and Bain are absolutely in there. John Jaron are a given. Are we including Winslow and Clark in there and 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 Melton? They're like because some of these guys may not be here. You know, and like to be honest, at, at next season, they may not be here. So I just want to kind of get like a feel for who are we considering the Grizzlies score before we move forward with this conversation. I would think so. I don't want to really put an age on it because I think that that's kind of unfair because, you know, for instance, when you're looking at the Suns core, Mikel Bridges, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, I, it's going right. to take a lot for the Grizzlies to get there. But I think with the Grizzlies, right. you know, you've got – I think that it's it's hard to put parameters on it because someone like the Grizzlies, their potential starting five really stacks up against other cores. Whereas with the Mavericks, they're automatically in the conversation just because they have one guy in Luka. And then you've got right. duos like you have in Boston and in New Orleans than a trio like you have with the Suns. So I think a fair way to put it for the Grizzlies is that you've got a starting five. You've got Jaw, Bain, Justice, Tillman, and Jackson, or Brandon, excuse me, let me back this up. You've got Jaw, Bain, Justice, Brandon Clark, and Jaron Jackson Jr., and then throw in that depth. I think that when it comes to young cores, you've just got different variations of it. So I think the question becomes, when you look at like a thing, like a team like Boston, would you prefer to have Smart and Jay and um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown plus maybe Neesmith, or would you rather have the six or seven guys that the Grizzlies have under contract for the next three or four years as the core of your franchise? That's, I guess, how you can right. describe it. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, that makes a ton more sense. Um, I mean, just talking about Boston straight up, like I would rather have the Grizzlies core. Um, and it's it's not just be and it's not because I dislike the what Boston's doing. I absolutely love Jason Tatum and and Jalen Brown. I just think that the Grizzlies have a little bit more flexibility with they, what they can do. And I think that the ceiling of John Morant is is kind of equal to where Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown could go. But then you add a guy like Jared Jackson Jr. where we don't know what he could become. I mean, it's still all the time when I get sad about Jared Jackson Jr. still being injured and still being out. Can't wait for him to be back. Um, I go back and I watch the Milwaukee game where he hit seven threes in a single quarter. I was in the arena that night and I almost passed out. It's it's one of the it's one of the most thrilling NBA nights of my entire life. It was unbelievable. Um, but when you talk about the Grizzlies and the rest of the cores of the NBA, I think you have to kind of put them 
at least in the top tier of those cores is what I would say. If we kind of want to do it tier based because they do have a future superstar, if not already a superstar in John Morant. You already have that piece. Like when you're talking about Dallas, that already elevates them to a tier. Like we have the Atlanta Hawks, they have Trey Young, you know, we have the Charlotte Hornets. We have an emerging star in LaMelo Ball over there. So it, it puts them there. You have the Suns, you have Booker, and you have Aiton. So it puts them there. And then I think when you talk about it, it, it's like you said, the Grizzlies have a lot of potential with the lineups that they have because they are so young. They are the second youngest team in the NBA. They're already leading the NBA in assists. They're leading the NBA in steals and deflections. So that energy and that effort is there for them. What I want to talk about with the Grizzlies core that I think is so great is that it's very clear that King Kleiman, Zach Kleiman, for those of you that don't know, has an archetype of players that he is looking for. It is high energy, high IQ, dynamic players on offense and defense. And that is what every single guy that you named can do. They can do multiple things very well. And that is why I'm so excited about the Grizzlies scores, that because there's not really one guy that's pigeonholed in like, he's a three-point shooter. He's a rebounder. He's a defender. Like all these guys have the ability to be dynamic on both ends of the floor. And that's why I'm so excited about this young core is that not only are they talented, but they have a high IQs, they're professional, they're ready to go every single time they step on the court. Yeah, no, and, and I agree. And, and here's the thing, I'll just be honest. You know, you've got the core of Jaw and Jaren. That's that's the other thing about it is that there's tears to how you can look at the Grizzlies. When you've got Jaw and Jaren, sure, I think that you can make an argument that, you know, you may prefer the duo of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Zion and, and um, uh, Brandon Ingram even. Um, you've got the trio out there in um, Phoenix when it comes to Mikel Bridges, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. I think you can make the case for wanting those duels or trios over what the Grizzlies have. But then you've got to take a step back and realize the perspective that you're talking about. The Grizzlies have two players who are still going to be 21 years of age at the end of this season. They also enter into a better conversation like you were talking about is that many of those squads right now have top-heavy duos or trios that are certainly there, but they don't have the depth that the Grizzlies do. And that could really help the Grizzlies get that really good third piece potentially in time. It could help the Grizzlies really benefit from depth. So I think there's more versatility with what the Grizzlies have with their core that may not necessarily be there. Top-heavy-wise, there probably could be three to five other cores that you could make a case for over the Grizzlies. But when you talk about young nucleus-wise, like five to seven deep, going over the next you know three to five years, it's hard to find more than maybe one or two teams that are on the level of the Grizzlies. And that, that includes New Orleans and OKC with all their draft picks, because at the end of the day, those picks have to turn into production. And the Grizzlies' philosophy, like you mentioned, of knowing how to get productive picks in the draft is really shined through. Them being the best team in the NBA drafting-wise over the net past three years is exactly the turn of events this Grizzlies team to make the most of this rebuild. Yeah, I mean, that's how you that's how you build sustainable winning in a winning culture is that you just – you stay on the game plan. You consistently stick to your plan, and you don't – you take swings, but you don't you don't divert from what you're doing to try to, you know, speed up the process of something. And, I mean, that's why I understand the Grizzlies fans may be frustrated with some of the things that have happened this season, but it's that, you know, th- that front office and that team is so centrally focused on, you know, two or three years from now. It's this year – Anything that happens this year, playoff-wise or all-star-wise or whatever, is just kind of bonus points, you know. That's the ice, that's the cherry on top of the ice cream sundae, you know. It's, it's the, the goal of this season is, like we talked about, for guys to get incrementally better, 
build chemistry, and to get fully healthy. Those are the main three things that we want to see this season. And if all, if all three of those things happen and the Grizzlies still miss the playoffs, it's still a successful season. Um, but to your point, I think that you absolutely nailed it. If you want to talk about young cores and you want to talk about duos, the Grizzlies are probably fifth or sixth, if we're going to be completely honest. If you want to talk, talk about the entire core, then the Grizzlies are probably two or three, if, if I would have to say something. I think that Boston – you know, it, New Orleans and Boston, I think, might have the edge on them just because there are so many guys, you know, but they're, and they're a little bit more experienced right now. Um, you know, two or three years from now, we might say, okay, well, you would want to have the Grizzlies, but just right now, you know, that Boston, that young core in Boston is just so – like they have so many playoff minutes already, you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's, hard to, to, it, it, it's hard to compete against that when you're, when you're the second youngest team in the NBA. Um, but so duo-wise, I'd put them about five or six. Uh, some of some of all the parts, I'd put them two or three. So then, and I'll ask you this last question in terms of this uh, you know, discussion of young course. So when you've looked at the NBA champions that have been there over the past three decades, the thing that stood out, typically the best player on those teams is a do-it-all wing. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is that if you've had people to the, or point guards to the level of Steph Curry, Kyle Lowry, Kyrie Irving, for instance, over the past decade, they've had to have clear Hall of Fame top 50 players next to them, potentially, to win titles. And so the point that I'm getting at is, and this conversation could potentially change as some of these older players start to get in their twilight years and exit the NBA, it's just hard seeing a player like John Morant, though he certainly can be a difference maker in the playoffs, but even when you consider that Steph Curry would have struggled with his legendary shot to lead a team to a title by himself, I'm not saying that Jaw would do it by itself. My point is, I think that there is a bit of a limit when it comes to Ja Morant being the best player on this Grizzlies team and the way the NBA is constructed nowadays of him truly being, this team being a championship-level contender with him overwhelmingly the best player. I think they're going to have to find a wing that is near or on his level to truly have a shot. Now, that may be in a trade later on, or maybe even better, it comes in a draft selection. That's my thought. From that perspective, in terms of where Jaw can be as the overall leader of this team, or as potentially a duo with Jaron or a trio with another similarly talented player, how do you kind of see the Grizzlies needing to go forward to truly be that championship contender, given the core they have right now? Okay, real quick, I, I forgot to mention the Suns when I was talking about a core that has like a, a, a ton of guys. I was I meant to talk about the Suns, and I think I said the Pelicans. I put the I put the Suns ahead of the Grizzlies for some of all the parts, like what they have going on right now in Phoenix is very exciting. Um, speaking of the Grizzlies, I I agree with you. I think that Ja by himself cannot lead a team to an NBA championship. If there are very few guys in NBA history that can do that, we've seen LeBron do it for the past decade, and he's only been successful a couple of times. So that's very difficult to do. Um, I think that Josh's three-point shot needs to improve before we can really talk about him being able to lead a team to a championship. You talked about a guy like Steph Curry where, you know, he's an all-time three-point shooter. If Josh can get that three-point shot up, you know, and he keeps defenses a little bit more honest, maybe he can develop into that type of player. But I agree with you. I think that, you know, I it, this isn't really like a – genius theory or anything but when you look at nba champions your three best players usually need to be uh your point guard your small forward and your center those usually need to be your three best players for you to win the nba championship and i think that the grizzlies have the point guard they have john morant and they have jared jackson jr could be the power forward center whatever you want to call him uh he's seven yep. feet tall i hope that he turns into the center moving forward for the memphis grizzlies 
So that means you're absolutely right. They need that wing player. And that wing guy might be Justice Winslow. It might be. It, is it? Is it? Is it likely? Probably not. You know, I think realistically, Justice is actually probably like a fourth or fifth guy on it, on it, on a really good team. Um, so I agree with you. I think that they probably need to see what they can do in the draft this year. It's a really loaded draft, and you have guys like Jalen Green floating around. The Grizzlies are going to have a pretty good pick this year, and they have a lot of trade assets. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them maybe try to sneak up in that first round and maybe grab a guy that could potentially be that wing player and that third guy for the Grizzlies. Um, otherwise, I think the only way they can really do it is through a trade. You know, free agency, maybe. They may be able to do it through free agency, but the Grizzlies historically haven't been a great free agency market. Now, John Moran may change things. That could change a lot. So you never know there. But I think the most likely way that they get that third guy is through the draft. Agree completely. And, and if this is the year to do it, and that's why, you know, I've said multiple times and, and uh, Connor alluded to it, you know, there's no bad outcome for this season. We want the Grizzlies to make the playoffs. We want that feeling again. And I just want it badly for this team with how much motivation they have from the end of last year. But even if they don't, I still think there's a clear argument to be made. It's probably better for their longer term future with the best draft pick that they can get in a draft whose strength matches the Grizzlies' biggest need of having a very talented wing. But coming up, we'll talk about the other asset that the Grizzlies have, who celebrated a milestone yesterday. That is head coach Taylor Jenkins. 100 games in, me and Connor will talk about him, but we'll start off in the third segment discussing a pretty interesting debate that could happen over the next 24 hours about a current Grizzly and a former Grizzly. We'll be right back with you. It's crazy to think that we're almost two months into the calendar year, but it's almost. But it's awesome to also remember that there's plenty of sports still going on, even though football is in the rearview mirror. You've got NBA basketball, college basketball, the best time of the year, and it is coming up. NHL's getting in the full swing. Spring training for baseball is still out there. Obviously, the UFC. So many different sports that we all love, so many different athletes that we enjoy cheering for, that there's plenty to enjoy on a daily basis. Well, if part of your fun includes wagering and betting, and you like to add a bit of profit to the fun that you enjoy just in general being a fan. I've got one place that, that, that's got you covered, and that's betonline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% off your welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On. That's 50% welcome, uh, 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. Visit vetonline.ag today. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents, More Than the Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so Connor, before we get into Taylor Jenkins, now, me and you, I know, I, I'm not sure of how long you've followed the Grizzlies. You know that, you know, through Mark King and, and others, you know, I, I followed them for, for decades now, and I know you have a, oh, as well. I, I mean, it's it's uh, since they got here. I mean, um, of course. Like, my it's, it's my grandfather, uh, you know, Al Dunning wrote for the Commercial Appeal for 30 years before he passed away, and 
so my family's huge into sports and my dad just as soon as the Grizzlies got here you know we we were there my first game ever I think um, I wrote about it after Kobe had passed it was seeing a Lakers game in the pyramid it was a preseason game it was in 2001 and I, I fell in love with basketball that day Got it. Hey, that, that's all. I, that's that's. Mine's more of a baseball story, but that's what that's what made me a big fan of the Atlanta Braves. Was the first time I got to see Chipper Jones play. So it's fun to yep. have those stories. So so you'll truly be able to embrace this from the beginning to the end of his stint with Memphis. Um, this tonight, uh, we obviously have the revealing of the um, All Star reserves. Now, I think that the two names we're going to mention. It's probably a long shot for them to make it from the initial out when it comes to the all-star reserves. But, of course, I'm talking about John Morant and Mike Conley and through his play in Utah this year being in that conversation. And at the very least, I think that they're going to be top considerations if you're going to see an injury replacement, like, for instance, an Anthony Davis or someone along those lines. Connor, my heart, if it comes down to Jaw and Conley, I'm just going to be honest – my heart is pulling for Conley because I just think this is going to be the best chance he has for the remainder of his career with Jaw probably having, you know, more than 10 chances going forward. But just kind of your thoughts. I'm not trying to sway you, but just your thoughts yeah. on that, that will debate if it comes to it. No, no, it's you're I, to be honest, I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, it, we can be pretty simple about it. You know, Mike's having a better season. He's having a better season than Ja is. So I don't really think there's any way around that. Ja's having a really good season. He was on fire, you know, before he had that injury. But Mike Conley is, is like a central piece on one of the best teams in the NBA. He's having a career year, man. He's driving that team in a lot of ways. You know, he and Donovan Mitchell have really figured out how to work together on the perimeter. And it's doing some tremendous things for the Utah Jazz. And, he, damn it, he deserves it. Like it's that, and that's kind of where I am with it. And I think that it's there's a lot of buzz around him this year, more so than we've seen like from the media, and that people really want to get Mike Conley on this All Star team. So, like you said, I don't think that we're necessarily going to see it tonight, but I think that he could sneak on. Um, it's just I think when you look at it, man, like it's Mike's just got a better case than John is right now. John's absolutely going to get more opportunities in the future. He's going to be a multiple time All Star if he isn't. Something very wrong happens. So let's get Mike on that all-star team, man. Like it's that's that's where I'm at with it. I think that Rob Perez worldwide wob, I believe, from the Action Network yes. a few years ago in, in Conley's, I believe it was his last year in Memphis. He did the hashtag one time for one one. And we haven't really seen that as yeah. of yet, but that's that's kind of how I feel about it. But another play, yeah. another figure I mean, like his was, offensive rating this year is one twenty four. Come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a reason why he should be in the conversation. But another fun conversation to have, in my opinion, is Taylor Jenkins. Now, I've felt that the best coach that we ever had was Dave Yeager. And it was because of the value he could add, in my opinion, through his schemes and schematics. And I think the other argument would be with Lionel Hollins to the relationship that he had with the players. Well, the best combination I've seen on both those levels is Taylor Jenkins so far in his short stint with the Grizzlies. The players love playing for him. He loves coaching these players, and he makes it such a fun style of basketball to play. And I think that that's the thing, and I'll get your opinion on this, Connor, that really has stood out to me. How quickly, the most impressive thing about Jenkins during his first 100 games is how quickly he has helped this team establish an identity that really makes them play above 
what their level of competition is supposed to be. That, of course, is through passing the basketball on offense, opportunistic defense, and just playing together as a unit with just, you know, love. I truly feel the biggest compliment about this team is that it, no matter who you ask on it, the coaching staff or the players, they all feel that because they buy in to playing with each other and being a part of this roster, it makes them better individually. And so I think that's the biggest compliment. But just your take, maybe something you've been most impressed about, about Jenkins, both on and off the court over the past 20 or so months. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that Jenkins' first 100 games has been has been basically like it, there. Are, we've had some issues. You know, he likes to get experimental with lineups every once in a while. But, hey, they've had they've had a revolving door of guys that are hurt and, and on the court. So who, who really cares there? Um, I think he's been great. You know, he, who he reminds me of is actually who I think is the best Grizzlies coach in history so far is Hubie Brown. He reminds me a lot of Hubie Brown. Uh, you know, like he, he has a team that plays, he really likes to focus on defense and team offense. And I think you have to look at, I mean, the, the youngest team in the NBA right now leads the league in, league in assists at 27.8 a game, leads the league in steals at 9.8 uh, a game. They have 17.6 deflections. They have 20.5 points off turnovers. They have 15.6 second chance points. All of those stats that I just read off goes to your point where it is talking about playing together. None of those are like individual stats, and you can't really do any of those as an individual. Your entire team has to be working together for those stats to be present. What I like about him is the culture that he is building. When he came into this job, he came in understanding that he was that he was inheriting one of the youngest teams in the NBA, extremely young, with, an, with two extremely young budding stars. And he came in understanding that and was basically like, listen, I'm a first-year coach. Y'all are kind of figuring this thing out together. Like, let's work together and figure it out together. We, we can be – this can be a relationship. It doesn't have to be like a head coach, player thing. Like, we can just be a family here. I mean, he comes from the Spurs system, and everything he is doing reminds me of the Spurs. You know, team defense, team offense, players loving each other, being together. I wouldn't be surprised if post-COVID this team goes out to team dinners like the Spurs used to do all the time. So I think the most impressive thing that he has been able to do is he's getting this young team – to lock in and focus on defense, and that's extremely difficult to do. If you look across the NBA, when you talk about young guys, one of the biggest issues that a lot of them have is that they lose focus on the defensive end. So Jenkins being able to get all these young guys to buy in defensively is what I think his greatest asset is so far. It kind of goes to the uh, to, to, since since we uh, both love movies, it's back to the uh, semi pro phrase from Jackie Moon, Will Ferrell's character. Everybody loves everybody. Everybody loves everybody. Everybody loves everybody. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I can see Jenkins like with when people are like his first thought. He's a whole back coach too, so like he can he'll hold a back here. He can hold his guys back when they're getting exactly. in a fight. And he can just start yelling. Everybody loves everybody. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. <laughs> Well, and that's the other thing, you know, we came from, you know, Lionel Hollins didn't really show that much emotion, but, you know, Dave Yeager did at times, you know, there's the memorable press conference that he had, you know, in the year where we set the record for the most players going at 15, 16 season, the most players on an active roster, you know, showed pure emotion of all the stuff he had struggled with to get that team to the playoffs. We had, obviously, you're not going to rook us from um, David Fisdale, you're not going to get that from Jenkins more than likely. Just being in the media sessions, very even killed. I won't necessarily say no nonsense. He has fun. He smiles. He enjoys it. But, it, you know, we see the players not too high, not too low. That's Jenkins directly. And so why may not see me show so much emotion, the one thing that everybody has always said about him is his attention to detail. So you may yeah. not get much emotion from him, but that doesn't mean he is locked in as can be. And that's a benefit to everybody involved with the Grizzlies. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's we we kind of have a running joke, you know. A few of us say that he's basically a football coach and a basketball coach's body. So like, and the press conferences, you know, he's going to be very serious, but he gives us pretty good answers. I mean, every once in a while, you can tell he's kind of trying to tiptoe around something, but usually, like, if you ask him a straightforward question that he finds to be good, you know, he'll give you a great answer. And I think that that's something that's very valuable, not only to media but to the team, you know, because he also because the players also know that Jenkins is going to have their back. You know, like, when he goes out there, he's done it a few times. Like, he's like, you know, like, we just got to be patient with these guys. Like, we're not going to do anything to put them in harm's way, especially when we were talking about, like, the injury stuff with John with ja and Justice – or, I'm sorry, with Jaron and Justice. I mean, you can even throw John in there, too. But Jenkins, every time, was basically like, guys, like, they're going to be back when they're going to be back. Like, everybody needs to relax. Like, this is the second youngest team in the NBA. Jaw's in his second year. They're still ahead of schedule. They're like they're 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 still in the hunt right now when they probably shouldn't be considering all the injuries and the COVID stuff that they've been dealing with. Everyone just stay patient. And I think that he's a good coach to have for a team that just needs to stay patient, you know, and just kind of their time is coming and he's just prepping them for it. And the little and the little things that they, the the team has gotten better at, you can directly point that back to Taylor Jenkins. I mean, every single guy has improved from last year to this year. I don't think that there's any way around that. Like, they've gotten better from last year to this year. And I think that that is a direct result of Taylor Jenkins and his staff. I mean, his entire staff deserves credit, not just Jenkins. They're doing a tremendous job. And the thing that I'll and, – and the last point that I'll make about Jenkins is that one thing that I've noticed from him, Connor, that I haven't – and, of course, I've gotten a much closer view this year than I've ever had, you know, especially from other teams. But I would be willing to bet that when it comes to just talking pure basketball – this Grizzlies team, I imagine, will be one of the best out there. And so I don't think you can say this about every coach, but because everybody's so bought in, he makes everybody from jaw down to the through the rest of the roster, he makes everybody smarter. And he makes everybody yeah. better because of the IQ that he instills in them, whether it be reading to become a better shooter, better defender, better playmaker, whatever it may be. And it's just so awesome. Anytime you get to have a conversation with the players or the coach, the same theme is there. It's so awesome to walk away and be like, these guys incredibly get it and they're incredibly smart. And I think that that's another really big compliment to the connection Jenkins has with this roster. Yeah, I mean, to that point, David Fisdale walked in. And we've all heard the rumors, but the big rumor is, is that in the first team meeting, he talked about Miami. And he was like, listen, I got a championship, da 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 And he lost the team immediately. He lost the veterans. He didn't respect G&G at all. He wanted to come in. He wanted to change everything. He thought everything he was going to do was going to be correct. That is not how you're going to be a successful coach in the NBA. It didn't work in New York when he tried to do it there. We've seen it fail a few times. What Jenkins did is he came in, he was like, listen, hey, I'm new to this. Y'all are pretty new to this. Let's talk. Let's figure out a game plan. You know, this is what I want to do. I need you to buy into this, but I'm going to respect your opinions. I'm going to respect your ideas. And we're going to have, and this is going to be kind of like a, this is going to be a symbiotic relationship. Like we're going to help each other out. It's not going to be a dictator and y'all are going to do exactly what I say. Like it really does seem like he, he works with the players to figure out what best fits their role, what best fits what they're kind of wanting to do. And I think that that is very valuable moving forward. I mean, it's, I keep bringing it up, but like he is, I think that he is trying to do his version of Greg Popovich in San Antonio, and I don't, and yep. that's totally fine with me. Go do that. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, the one thing that it comes down to is this: is that I think with Taylor Jenkins and his players, he lets them know, hey, whatever, whatever of you you're fine with being, just know I respect the heck out of that, but respect yeah. my opinion in my effort towards you yes. to know that I'm going to make it you a better version of you both on and off the court going forward. Right, exactly. 
Well, Connor, I, I would love to sit here and be able to talk, you know, for the rest of the day about this. I know that, that you obviously have some things going on on your end, but please let us know. Again, I know that I talked about several different things. You have many irons in the fire. Just where can folks find you? Anything that you've got coming up and, uh, you know, what's going on with you as we enter the spring of hopefully getting back to a bit of normalcy, um, considering the past 15 months. Yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, man, you can find me on Twitter at CW929. Like, that's that's pretty much my most uh, active social media. Um, listen to Gene Otto and Jeffrey every single day from 2 to 4 CT on 929FM ESPN. Uh, and then, yeah, subscribe to the Hoops Island podcast and the Sound and Color podcast on Apple and wherever you can find podcasts. We're not on Spotify. That's the only thing. I'm trying to get them to go to Spotify, but, you know, that's a, that's a different conversation. But, yeah, man, we're having a ton of fun with it. I'll have a new episode of Hoops Island out. This week, the last episode was with was with Eric Hasseltine. It's a really good one. If you want to go check that one out, uh, Sound and Color. We're actually recording today. We're going to talk a little Wandavision, some Judah and the Black Messiah, some movies that we watched during the Snowmageddon going down in Memphis. It's going to be a good episode. So uh, check that out. Yep, I'm, I'm gonna. Add, I I like. I have not. I don't listen as much as I'd like to. Of course, that's with any podcast. Unfortunately, I know you know that feeling, yeah. but I do try to keep yeah, up with the, uh, the yeah the movie choices. Um, um, especially on the uh, the the one that I'm wanting to see is the uh, um one night in Miami. Um, that's out there oh, on. Um, it's phenomenal. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. it's so yeah. good. Yeah, Regina King yeah. absolutely knocked it out of the park, dude, in her directorial yeah. debut. Leslie Odom Jr. But, is throwing a hundred miles an hour on screen. Love it. Yeah, but the one thing that I will say is this, is that, you know, I believe that Parker Fleming over at GBB says gassing up your homies. And when I say that yeah. I have not had the ability to uh, to listen to podcasts as much as possible, it's just with <laughs> life and the way that it is, it's hard at times. I will say this, Connor, Isaiah Downey, Parker, Brandon, all the guys at GBB, but several folks out there who were, you know, you know, at my age, in my 30s, a lot of folks in their 20s, even down to others who were in high school. The one thing about Grizzlies basketball and Grizzlies content right now and Memphis content in general and sports and beyond, there are so many talented minds that are out there right now. Connor's connected with many of them. He's one himself. So if you're someone who just loves great content and you love the fact that it's based from Memphis Minds, check out Connor's work. Check out a lot of the folks that are in his network. You're going to be better for it. It's amazing work. And that's why I love any chance that I get to talk with him. So, Connor, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it so much, Sean. You do tremendous work. Once again, thank you so much for the compliments, dude. Like, you're a part of the system, too. Like, the the value that you bring to Memphis Twitter and Grizzlies Twitter is, is tremendous, and it helps so much of us all the time. So thank you for what you do as well. Yeah, if you'll stick with us for just a second after the show, but again, you can find the show at Locked On Grizz, myself at Stats SEC. Connor, I will reference uh, his Twitter account when we record when we release the show here in just a few hours, so you can follow all his great work for, for Connor Dunning. My name is Sean Coleman. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast.